ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 263. That's right, we are continuing our Dark Synth series, and we will be chatting with Laserpunk. And that's coming up in just a bit. We've got some music to listen to first. I got a little quiz. I mean, not a quiz, a fucking uh, contest thingy, which I will explain. And uh, I hope you all are having a lovely day, okay? So look, let's get this show started. I got an awesome track here from Dangerous City and it is brought to you by my new Patreon supporters. That's right, we got a few Patreon supporters this week, some new ones. Uh, in the $5 club, we're talking about Mr. Magoo Samurai. <laughs> That's a good name. Uh, thank you, Mr. Magoo Samurai, for supporting Beyond Synth. You're a cool Magoo, and uh, I appreciate your support, so thanks a lot, dude. And we have a new member of the Donation of the Beast, which is appropriate, given that we are still doing uh, the Dark Synth. And, of course, I am talking about Nicholas Carl McNally, who sent in a letter that I will read after we listen to the song. And, of course, another new donor in the $10 Club... Andrew, I like your name, because it's mine, and uh, you're a cool guy, so welcome to the $10 Club, Andrew, and thank you all for supporting the show, and now, let's listen to some fucking music, this is Dangerous City with Latrodectus.
And that was Latrodectus by Dangerous City. That's a cool track on our Dark Synth series. We got a few more to go. It's going to go into December, and I feel like it's going to go right up to Christmas, I think. I... I'm I'm trying to do too many damn things at the same time. I need, like, a whole production crew. Anyway, we'll worry about that later. I'd like to say that that song was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, like the awesome Kings of the Pattersons. We're talking about Robert D. Bishop, Chris Dance, and Mike Shima. I hope you guys are enjoying Dark Synth Month, uh, because that is what is happening. And uh, I would like to lead... uh, Lead... Okay, I would like to read this message here. This is from Nicholas Carl McNally, new patron to Beyond Synth. He says, hey, Andy, I hope you and your loved ones are well. After listening to the Beyond Synth podcast for the past few months, thanks for featuring Sonic Hertz, by the way. Oh, yeah, I did. We played a Sonic Hertz track a while ago. Uh, And just having watched Andy's spaceship, which was highly entertaining and one of the more funnier things I've seen anyone do recently. I've decided to be a full-on supporter here on Patreon for what you do. Cheers, Nicholas Carl McNally, a.k.a. Sonic Hertz. That's uh, Sonic and then HZ. And uh, he makes music. So go check him out. And yeah, so thank you very much for uh, the support, dude. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out Andy Spaceship on YouTube. It's uh, the show that I'm doing on YouTube. It's fun and silly and it has puppets. And I am currently working on episode three. I still feel like if I just get jacked... I need to go to the bad part of town and ask somebody for some crack. And uh, if that gives me the energy, I could just like stay up for like 40 hours and just finish this thing and just have it be done. But that would come at a cost. Because I I know I read some articles and I guess that like crack is bad for you. So I don't know, man. I don't know what to do. But hopefully it'll be ready in a few weeks. That is the plan. Anyway, whatever. It (laughs) doesn't. This is dumb. Let's listen to some more music, all right? Uh, I got a track here from Vogon Poetry. I think they did a song called Passions, and this was like the the single album, because this is one of the remixes uh, that I liked off of this album, and I think you will dig it too. And it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. That's right. It's Jose Arbello, the king of hell. Hope you're enjoying Dark Synth with the triple six, 66.6. Haha, <laughs> Satan. And, of course, Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend with the 4488. I should say that Hugh Hefner tweeted at me. I think there was a, there's a show. It was on Stitcher. I, haven't, I forget what the title of the show is, but it's a podcast where they break down songs. And uh, there was one about Closing Time by Semisonic. And I said I would listen to it. I haven't listened to it yet, but I will. I think it's important when there's something that has such an effect on your brain, like that song has had on my brain. I would like to know everything about it so I can better deconstruct it in my mind. Uh, So I will be getting around to that. Anyways, look, the point is this, man. Check out this awesome song. This is Vogon Poetry. This song is called Passion, the Punch Reverse Remix.
And that was Vogon Poetry with the track Passion, the Punch Reverse Remix. And uh, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's City Hunter with the 42 and Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club. A lot of triple sixes here, man. I'm almost starting to think I should change my fucking logo to just have a pentagram in the background. Speaking of which, I was watching these old X-Files episodes. I was just flipping through. For some reason, when I was a kid, I mean, I guess I was in high school when I say I was a kid. You know when you just see, we all have memories of weird scenes from horror movies or, or whatever, adult films or something. Or no, not adult films. I mean. <laughs> you know that really stick in your mind because they're so horrifying and and it kind of scars you and it's funny because as low budget as x-files is there's a few episodes that really like they just stuck in my head even though they're not necessarily like great episodes or whatever and there was this one i feel like it was like in season four I don't even remember the plot. It's just that there was a hospital, like a plastic surgery hospital, and all the doctors there were, like, taking some weird sleeping medication, but there was, like, also this satanic thing going on where there's like, someone was drawing pentagrams on the floor, and then the doctors were, like, killing the patients. And, like, in the, the opening scene, like, the doctor's doing, like, liposuction, but then he just starts, like, just stabbing the, the patient with the, the fucking liposuction thing. And I just remember that just really upset me. Like, it's just, it's just a really disturbing sequence. And then there's this other sequence where there's a person doing, like, a laser surgery, and then they just, like, points the laser at, like, this old lady's neck and just, like, keeps shooting until the laser, like, shoots out the other side. Anyway, so I just went back through the episodes and watched those scenes again, because I was like, what? For some reason, they just stuck with me, and I just had to see it again to just be reminded, like, oh, yeah, I don't know, that's not very pleasant. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I just... <laughs> you know, there's just, there's always these scenes, man, when you're a kid, they just burn in your head and like in superman 3 when the fucking lady gets all the metal all over her face that still fucking disturbs me and it's so cheap and it's such an obvious just like reverse footage effect but it, for some reason it just anyway. uh what what disturbs you <laughs> right in guys let me know okay <laughs> Um, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to a track by Dark Knot now, and then when we come back from this track, we're going to do a, a little contest, and I will explain why. But basically, it was, I recorded a show with Dark Knot, and then ultimately, we are not going to air that show, and in its place, Dark Knot is going to offer uh, some people some uh, merch and stuff. And I'll explain all this, okay? So look, listen to this cool song, all right? It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We're talking about Clint Dowling. We're talking about Jimmy the Hutt, Newmark, Alex Seligson, a star apart. And I uh, hope you dig this, man. This is a Dark Knot with Soul Search Commando.
And that was Soul Search Commando by Dark Knot from the After Dark Machine album. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We're talking about Restless Nights. We're talking about Honeybeard. We're talking about Tim Carlton. We're talking about Johnny Five. Hey, we just met him last week. Uh, we're talking about Kempson. All right. So many cool people. So look, as part of Dark Synth Month, um, I was recording, obviously, uh, interviews with Dark Synth artists, and I recorded one with a guy called Dark Knot. And as we sort of discovered as we started talking, he's one of those guys that likes to retain his anonymity. All right. Uh, but then we ultimately decided just not to air the show. And so he said in that in place of that, he has decided to give away some stuff. It's called the Dark Knot Contest. All right. Win Dark Knot's Total Dark Collection. Uh, three CDs, Exile, A Season of Mystery, After Dark Machine, a Bandcamp code to download this side reel distance single with three remixes, a t-shirt, a patch, and stickers. All right? And all you have to do is answer these questions, which you don't know the answers to. <laughs> So you just have to guess, all right? Unless he's got this information on his fucking website somewhere. Uh, so here it is. I'm going to give you three questions, and you write in to me. You can write to beyondsynthsubmissions at Gmail or beyondsynth at Gmail, or you can just message me on, uh, send me a Twitter message or uh, on SoundCloud or in the Discord, whatever. Okay, so here we go. Question one. What's Dark Knot's favorite thriller horror movie directed by Steven Spielberg? Is it Duel? Jaws, Poltergeist, or Twilight Zone the movie? So just take a guess. And then uh, B, what's Dark Knot's favorite Wes Craven movie? Is it A Nightmare on Elm Street, Deadly Friend, Vampire in Brooklyn, or Scream? And finally, what's Dark Knot's favorite actor in a classic horror movie? Is it John Barrymore in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Is it Max Schreck in Nosferatu? Is it Boris Karloff in Frankenstein? Or is it Bella Lugosi in Dracula? All right? So just message me, guys. I think he offered the prize to three winners, all right? So I'll pick three of you. To be honest with you, I don't even care if you get the answers right. <laughs> But I will give preference to the person who does get them right, okay? So that's the Win Dark Knots Total Dark Collection Contest, all right? So message me at Submissions at Gmail or Synth at Gmail or on Twitter or on SoundCloud and uh, let me know the answers to those questions and you can win a bunch of stuff. A shirt, a patch, stickers, CDs, it's all good, man. Let's get back to business and listen to some more music, all right? We got one here from Hexencraft, speaking of Satan, and uh, I think you're going to dig it. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, cool cats like Martin Larby, like Blake Peterson, and Ken Giroux. And this is Hexencraft with Devil Punk. Damn.
All right, and that was Hexencraft from the album Permadeath with the track Devil Punk. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Ashley Keegan with the 2049, Badge Mickelson with the 1986, and in the 1985 club, it's the Buchelman sisters, Sarah and Rachel. You guys are all awesome. So look, we'll be talking with Laserpunk in just a bit. We'll probably listen to one more track. I'd like to say that if anyone wants an update on the story I mentioned a few weeks ago, I had a rat, and uh, it is dead. (laughs) So that's the update. And unfortunately, it sounds like there's another one, which means uh, there was more than one rat. I thought there was only one. I was convinced in my heart there was only one. Actually, to be honest with you, when it first started, I was convinced in my heart that it was a mouse. I was like, that's just a really big mouse. Then it turned out that, no, it was indeed a rat. And uh, we finally caught one. And I was, like, excited. I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's dead. And then the sound started again. It's living in my ceiling. So that's kind of spooky, right? That's kind of, like, appropriate for this whole dark synth month on Beyond Synth. Like, uh, we tell spooky stories. We talk about horror movies and ghosts and rats. The bottom line is this. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. Thanks for listening to the show. And now, how about this? We'll listen to one more track, and then we'll go chat with Laserpunk. And uh, that's what we're going to do, man. So this is a cool song from Acid Arcade from the album Walk Alone. And uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $15 Club, there's Prophet of Jupiter, 6 Mill, Hampus ML, and Shatterack. And this is Acid Arcade with Fury.
And that was Fury by Acid Arcade from the album Walk Alone. So that's cool. Check that out. Check out all the artists I feature on Beyond Synth. You know, I post the links to all the artists. If you follow me on social media, when you see when I post on Twitter or Facebook, I make sure to uh, hyperlink all the artists in there so you can click on their accounts and check out their tunes. And I hope that you do. Uh, You know, we're all home just sitting around trying not to get sick and uh, I think it's a good time to if you can to listen to other people's music and support artists and stuff I think it's cool and of course that was uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters there's uh, Mads Baron Christensen Retro Serenade and we will never forget the immortal Chris Salia Lane and on that note let's go chat with Laser Punk <laughs> All right, well, I am here right now with Laserpunk. How's it going, man? I'm doing all right, I guess. Hello, Andy, and hello, everyone. So, how do you say your name? It's uh, actually Gabor, but it's quite difficult for many people to pronounce, uh, especially French, so I just uh, roll with Gabe, usually. Okay, wait, Gabor, like that? Yeah, exactly. That's your first name? Yeah, that's my first name, and my family name is Tote, which, which is T-O-T-H. Oh, I got confused because I've always seen on all your profiles, like your personal profiles on Facebook and stuff, you always put that word first. So I always thought that was your first name. Yeah, we Hungarians do it the other way around. Ah, interesting. Yes. Oh, another Hungarian. Okay, I just did a chat with a mega hit. Oh, that's great. Yeah, also Hungarian. Yeah, of course I know him. Hungary is like a village. We know each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I won't trouble you with uh, Hungarian questions. We ended up talking about goulash. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those are usually the things that people talk about when it comes to Hungary. It's like, teach me swear words and uh, tell me about goulash. Yeah. And that's it pretty much. Sadly, it's usually not electronic music. Yeah. <laughs> so... Tell the people about Laserpunk, man. When did you uh, start making tunes? The first time I um, kind of experimented with electronic music was long, long ago, back in like elementary school or maybe high school. I'm not sure, but that was like really, really bad. And I mean, I wasn't really using uh, proper DAWs. The first program I, I started making tunes with, if, if you can say that, was like... Mario Paint? I don't remember the name, but it was some really, really uh, simple program. And the second one, I remember because I got the CD in a box of cornflakes that was Dance <laughs> EJ. <laughs> yeah, that's how my career started, with a box of cornflakes. Awesome. I'm pretty sure a lot of producers remember this program. It was like you could put together loops so it wasn't really producing. There was a couple pre-made beats and melodies and vocal samples and everything and you could put them together so you could have fun with it but it wasn't like producing. But with the other program, I remember I I made like a couple of really simple, really bad techno songs and the first feedback I got as a musician, I produced a few tunes, put them on a CD. It was it was quite long ago, and we had like a party with um, with my classmates. We were around like twelve or fourteen, I think, something like that. And at the party, I was like, okay. Maybe it's time to test my music. And when the CD, one of the CDs ended, I uh, switched it with my CD and pressed play. And I was like, you know, nobody's seen that I put my CD on. Mm -hmm. And I was waiting for the reactions. And the first reaction was uh, after like 10 seconds, somebody shouting, what is this shit? And they (laughs) went there, they took the CD out and frisbeed it out the window. And I was like, 
Okay, maybe this is not for me. So was Dance DJ literally in the cereal box? Yeah, if I remember right. Yeah, I'm not sure it was cornflakes. Maybe it was um, the one which had a tiger on the box. Frosted flakes. Oh yeah, very great. One. Wait, wait, what do they say in Hungary? His catchphrase in uh, in North America is he goes like, "They're great." I don't remember at all. That's what the... Anyway, he's Tony the Tiger. Yeah. I don't know, because sometimes different countries have different mascots, like they have different uh, animals on the front of the box. Even in Canada, we actually had different mascots to the ones in the States sometimes. Hmm. I, I think we had the tiger, but I don't don't remember the commercials or anything. I just remember the tiger on the box. The only reason why I, I ask, I think it's funny, picturing some like old lady opening a box of cereal and a fucking CD for Dance DJ comes out. Yeah. <laughs> like she'd just be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, but I mean, I think those cereals, it was like the food for kids. So if you were like between 5 and 10, you ate that. There was no other option. Or maybe bread and butter, but that's it. <laughs> Literally, I, I grew up on those things. Yeah, man. Well, bread and butter is a classic. That's a <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been a long time. I ate that. We just thought about that with my friend. That there were a lot of foods we ate as kids all the time, and we grew up and never touched them again. One other example was like bread, butter, and ketchup. And that sounds disgusting as an adult. But as a kid, you were like, oh, this is cool. You put ketchup on your buttered bread? Oh, yeah, a ridiculous amount. <laughs> I think that goes up with the uh, the Hungarian traditions with goulash and, uh, and all that. I wouldn't call that a tradition. It's like cheap. Yeah. Cheap food. Yeah. Okay, but anything, any cheap food is kind of Hungarian as well. So if you look at the Hungarian dishes, uh, like traditional Hungarian dishes, most of them are just cheap food. Yeah, like my, my wife used to eat uh, just rice with ketchup on it as a meal. I was just like, what mm, the okay, fuck that is sounds this? quite savage as well. <laughs> and you know, there's always a huge war between people who prefer ketchup and mayonnaise. That's always a great war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all have their benefits. That's what I say. But look, we gotta listen to some music, man. We gotta dive into the laser punk. Alrighty. So I wanted to listen to this track. We're gonna go back in time, alright, to the year 2016. Oh no. You had to, well, we're not going back to the the dance DJ days. We're going. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, I'm glad that's not happening. Uh, yeah, I found your CD. <laughs> oh shit! Could you imagine? I time traveled back to uh, this school party, and I was outside, and I caught the disc when the kid threw it out. Look, we're gonna go back to the Nightcrawler from the year 2016. All right. And you had a, a track on here which I dug called Warrior, and we're gonna listen to that right now, man. This is Warrior by Laserpunk.
with laser punk and that of course was the track warrior from the album nightcrawler from 2016 and i am chatting right now with laser punk himself all right i'm gonna fuck it up gabor how do you say it again say it again for me gabor gabor like that gabor gabor no no it's there's just one r at the end gabor so g-a-b-o-r so gabor gabor yes yeah that was good okay <laughs> i'm gonna fuck it up again <laughs> Yo, never mind, never mind. The point is, I'm talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> this whole episode can just be about me trying to pronounce your name properly, or... No, that's absolutely unneeded. I don't expect anyone to pronounce my name right, or, or even use my real name. I, I don't care about that, really. It's, it's not like I'm gonna get offended if you mispronounce my name. I don't care. For some reason, it's just my personal mission. I always try and... Oh, I see. ...figure out how to pronounce people's names, but then every time I play a new song and we come back from a song, I forget. Because I'm also an old man. I, I gave up on that long ago. I, now, anybody I meet, I come up with the shortest available version of their name, and I use that. That's actually a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can, if you try really hard, you can shorten any name up to like four letters. And four letters, four-letter word, I'm pretty sure anybody can pronounce. I'm going to shorten everybody's name to like a series of just grunts. Like caveman grunts. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, man. Especially if you use that on the street. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. People's like, I don't have to remember anyone's name. Just fucking, hey, how's it going? What's up, bruh? We should make this into thing. Yep. <laughs> I totally support this. So then you had uh, you had dance DJ. People are throwing your discs out the window and stuff. When did Laser Punk form officially? I think it was around 2016, maybe. I think that's when my first album came out. But I can check it. <laughs> are you are you looking up your own history on uh, Wikipedia? <laughs> no, I just went on Bandcamp quickly. No, it's actually 2004. That's when Game Over came out. That was my first ever album. And that's pretty much how it started. Like, I didn't really release any singles before then because the whole reason I kind of started producing music is I just wanted to have an album. So I can say that I, I did that too. To impress your friends? Uh, not really. I I mean, I always did various things. Like, I used to draw. I used to kind of paint. Uh, I did 3D animations, some really, really bad and simple video games, videos, everything. And one day I was like, I should make uh, some music and make an album. I didn't really have any plans with it. I didn't want it to become a musician. I just made some music because uh, at that time I was doing photography, like full time. And I kind of got bored of that. So I took on another hobby as... Um, producing music and I was playing around with it I never released anything because I wasn't satisfied with it but you know of course you won't be satisfied with your music after a couple of months but then I was like okay I will release an album so I can say that I have an album I have a CD and then I will do something else but I kind of got stuck with music. Wait, when you say you were doing photography full-time, you just mean that was your full-time hobby, or were you taking pictures for as a job? Yeah, that was my job as well. At that time, I was um, kind of a journalist, but I was mainly into photography. So I was a photographer. I photographed uh, weddings and models, and I was uh, photographing for this online news site. So yeah, I, I can say it was my full-time job and also hobby. But you know, if you do something all the time, if something is your job and your hobby as well, there's a chance that you're gonna get bored of it after a while and you're gonna have to take a break which is okay but for me this break resulted in sticking with music and putting down photography you said you were taking pictures for the paper like were you writing stories or were you just taking pictures for other people's articles uh, i was doing both but i wasn't really writing my own stories you know if something happened in the city or in the country i went there i took some photos and made an article about it so i i don't really call myself a journalist i was never really doing in-depth journalism. How did you manage to get in there in the first place? I could write. I could take photos. Pretty much that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the requirements were not really high. Can you write properly? Yeah, kind of. Can you take photos? Yeah. You're hired. Right, but what made you apply for that in the first place? I love to do both. And... Uh, Part of the job I could do it from home when I was just writing articles and the other part when I had to go out I had to take uh, had to do photography so it sounded better to me than you know any other job where you have to go in every day wake up every day in the morning and do something that you don't like uh, here I was doing something that I kind of liked so that was it and at the time I was uh, thinking that I'm gonna be a serious photographer for my full life and that's what I wanted to do 100% so I was like doing anything that uh, had photography in it were you dreaming one day of getting the Pulitzer Prize oh yeah yeah I wanted to do photography 100% uh, wasn't sure which part exactly so am I going to work in a studio as a journalist or am I going to do photography as like an art but 
I was 100% into photography and, and I invested a lot of time, energy and money into it and, and many, many years. And one day I picked up my camera and I was like, uh, I don't really feel this. And I put it down and started messing around with music. And a couple of years later, here I am. I'm a musician and I left photography behind almost completely. Did you sell your cameras to buy keyboards? I sold a lot of things. I didn't sell my last camera, but... I sold a lot of stuff. And yeah, the beginning was quite difficult because I didn't really make a lot of money with that uh, journalism job. And anybody who does music knows that electronic music can be really expensive. So yeah, that was really a difficult time. I think when I bought my first uh, sound card and my first uh, proper headphones, for a full month I ate only rice. And when I get bored of that, I started eat rice with uh, chopsticks. Can you do it now? I can't use chopsticks. Oh, I can. I can. I don't eat very often in like um, Chinese restaurants or stuff like that. But when I do, I use chopsticks because I don't know. I, I would feel weird to use a fork. Yeah, I uh, I abandoned my shame long ago. I'll go to restaurants and I'll eat with a fucking fork. <laughs> to me, the pr- <laughs> chopsticks are so crazy to me. Like a fork, it's so natural to just stick a thing in and get a scoop and put it in your mouth. So eat, wherever I go, I'll, I will eat with the fork, even if it embarrasses the table. Because I've been to like Chinese restaurants with other people where the, and they all start eating with the chopsticks, and, and I'm always just <laughs> I make fun of them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, look at you guys with your chopsticks, and then I'll just fucking take a spoon and. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for, for us that we grew up using uh, forks and spoons and stuff like that. Yeah, if you if you want to be efficient and just eat quickly, yeah. That's me, man. You can use a fork. But, you know, if I go to a restaurant, I'm usually not in a hurry. So No, I'm all about efficiency. All right. And every time I put a spoon in my mouth, I announce to the table how many calories I just put in my body. <laughs> Let's... Th- this is dumb. Let's listen to some music, all right? All right. I want to move forward here to the year 2018. Uh, you had an album called Death and Glory. This was a cool song you actually did featuring uh, uh, another artist, Quixotic. Oh, yeah. And this is a cool track. It's called uh, Speed Racer by uh, Laserpunk featuring Quixotic.
Alright, and that was Speed Racer by Laserpunk, featuring Quixotic, and I'm here right now with Laserpunk. Yes, here I am. When you said, uh, you know, when you you were talking about all the kind of things you were doing before making music, and you mentioned that you made, like, kind of like simple video games. Yeah, yeah, I made a few, but those were, like, very simple, and I think I was still in elementary school. So how, how it pretty much uh, started is that I never had a computer where I could play with the most recent games. So while all my classmates were, I don't know, playing Diablo 2 and stuff like that, I couldn't play those games. So I either played Doom 1 or 2 or found something else I could do on my really, really slow computer. And that's how I got into all kinds of creative stuff. For example, video games, music, graphics, and and anything like that. Like, did you do coding, or did you use, like, those simple kind of, like, game maker kind of softwares? Yeah, yeah, I uh, used the first one was Click and Play. That's, like, the most simple game maker program ever. And I used Games Factory, and I think the third one was Game Maker. Really, that was the name. These were, like simple programs that you could make like platform games stuff like Mario and pretty much for platform games so anything like Mario Super Contra things like that you could you could do those simple games with these programs were you doing all the drawings as as well oh yeah i, I yeah i did that a lot i did that a lot i used to draw animations frame by frame in the program which is like microsoft paint i invested so much time in that i used to use a program called deluxe paint animation it's sort of the same concept as Game Maker where you make an an- a little animation that you would loop, you know, if you're making like a running animation for a character or something, except it was an animation program, so you would make a looping thing and then you would drag it around the screen. Oh yeah, yeah, it was the same for me. I liked all these sort of creative things when I was a kid. I mean, when I when I look at my own son now, he just has no interest. He's just always playing video games and stuff, and I feel like he's missing something, because when I was young, a lot of my activities were creative in some way, even if they were on the computer and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I feel the same, but I think that um, the reason behind this is that they just have a lot more options for games, and they have better video games. So when you and I, we were kids... We didn't have that many games. We didn't really have internet connection. It depends on where you grew up and how was your parents. But for me, for a long time, all the games I could play were the ones that I either had to buy them. And at that time, especially for a kid, video games were like ridiculously expensive. Oh yeah. So you like, you got two video games for Christmas and your birthday and that was it. Or you had to find these video games and get it from friends and and classmates. So you didn't really have a lot of options. And during that time, you had a computer where you could play any game. And the next year, your computer was like old and you couldn't play any of the new games. And of course, as a kid, you couldn't uh, upgrade your computer every time. And of course, your parents were not really... Uh, happy about upgrading your PC every year, especially that they thought that any time spent on the computer is just bad for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they wanted us to go out on the street and then after a while they realized that that's even worse. I think uh, a lot of people my age probably still have the same memories of playing the shareware of Doom. Oh, yeah, yeah, which you got on a floppy. Do you remember when, when we had to, like, slice up? Or I, I don't know what was the... How you, did you say it? But there were bigger games. And I remember I, I got game on, like, 14 floppies. Yeah. Because at that time, nobody had, like, a CD writer. Well, that's the way that they would come. I mean, I remember even, like, the official Doom 2, because I borrowed it from a friend, and I still couldn't work it because the password 
where it didn't work after all this stupid installation. Oh. But oh think, yeah, Doom Two was still on like four floppy disks, and you know it's like insert disk two now, and then you put it in, and then it would download the half a megabyte onto your computer or however much those fucking disks held because they didn't hold much. That, that sounds that sounds crazy that Doom Two could fit on four floppies. You know it had. Uh, 32 levels if I remember correctly and you could play that game for a few days I mean okay there are speedruns where they finish it in I don't know a few minutes but yeah. <laughs> if you properly play the game and you know discovered the the maps and tried to kill all the enemies and find all the secrets and everything it, it took days to finish Doom and to imagine that that used to fit on 6 floppies or 4 floppies that's crazy I wonder how many it actually was I, kn- I remember it was a lot of discs but I'm thinking was it more than 4? It might have been more than four now that I think about it. Jamie pulled it up. Yeah, it, <laughs> it doesn't even matter because it never worked. So all I ended up doing was always oh. playing the shareware one, which was, I think, just like the first level or the first few levels. Yeah, and, and do you remember Doom 1? So Doom 1, the shareware version, was just the first um, episode. And at the end, you walked into that portal and teleported into a dark room where the monster started shooting at you from every direction in pitch darkness. Yeah. And that was the end of that version. So it was impossible to finish that level. It was impossible. But we didn't know that. <laughs> so I remember we tried that hundreds of times to complete that level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we realized that it's impossible because that's the end of the game. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm still mad about that. Yeah, man, that was a fucking crazy time. I remember when my my brother first brought home like Wolfenstein and that was like such a big deal. That was the first first person oh, yeah. shooting game that there ever was. And so I remember thinking, this is fucking awesome. So, so simple, but it's, it is still interesting going back and playing those games. Actually, I don't mind them to be honest with you playing doom and stuff it's fine man i love doom what i usually play is brutal doom which is pretty much doom doom one and two with better graphics you can aim with the mouse it has slightly better graphics and some add-ons but it still has the vibe and the feel of the original doom i think john romero sa- uh, seen brutal doom and he said that if uh, he could have made doom in a better way this is how it would look so that's really good and still to this day doom 2 is my favorite game Hands down. Well, it's got some cool tunes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I loved, I absolutely loved the music, the level design, the monsters, everything. That game was great. Yeah. I'm still waiting for a game that's going to be that good, but <laughs> I still haven't found it. Well, look, how about we listen to uh, some more music, man? I want to play some tracks from uh, Covenant. You just put out the deluxe edition. Or, I mean, yes. I don't know if you just put it out, but I mean, it's, it's, it's out and people can check it out. And I want to listen to this song because it's cool. It's called Covenant by Laserpunk.
And that was Covenant by Laser Punk. And I am here right now with Laser Punk talking about Brutal Doom. I recently downloaded Doom 64 because they did a remake of that and I was playing it on the Switch. Those games are like kind of underrated. Like, you know, you, you play a lot of new shooting games and it, there's a lot of spectacle to them, but sometimes it is nice to just go back and play simple, classic shooting games where it is just about getting to the end and getting keys and opening doors. Like, I actually kind of like that. Oh, yeah. That's true that, like, new games. It happened several times that I was looking at a video game and I thought that I was watching a, a live-action movie, so the graphics are ridiculously good. But, you know, you don't need to have really good graphics to have a good game. And that's especially true these days when, uh, like, retro gaming is um, really popular these days as well. You, you can look at, from time to time, something pops up on Steam and, and I see that it looks like something from... 1995 and people are so hyped about that yeah well i picked up what was that game called uh ion fury and uh i was playing that for a bit and that's the one that's sort of modeled after like the duke nukem 3d kind of style oh yeah that's cool it's just nice because i think the the modern games it's cool and they they do sort of have a cinematic feel to them and stuff but there is a lot of buttons and it is just there is something comforting about <laughs> about playing just a simple walk from this side of the room to that side of the room and shoot things along the way and yeah when i play that that happens really rarely it's still brutal doom i I don't know but (laughs) that game has got me and i i don't even download like new levels i'm just playing doom tomb over and over and again i know that game got me there are quite a few games that i would be interested about but I have the same problem that I had as a, as a kid that my computer is just not fast enough for new games and I may I did this to myself so my computer doesn't even have a video card because if it had a video card and if it was fast enough I would be playing games and I know I can get really hooked on good video games yeah it's the same thing with series like don't tell anybody but I still haven't seen stranger things because I know it's good, I know that I would like it, so I just don't start watching it because then I would, you know, just spend all my days watching series. There are quite a lot that I'm interested in and I would watch them, but I would take the time away from music and right now I want to focus on music and I enjoy that as well. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, you got a good work ethic, that's an important thing. I never had it. (laughs) I'm trying to set up a good work ethic for myself now, especially in this case, you know this year like no shows happening at all so all i can count on is streaming which is everybody knows it's a really ridiculous low amount of money coming in from streaming and the sales from bandcamp but all my stuff is pay what you want so people can download any of my music for free but you know what's really cool is that still a lot of people decide to pay for my digital music which they could get for free so they just pay for it to support me and that feels quite good and of course merch but you you can't really sell a lot of merch uh, unless you are like really big so i have to focus on music if i if i want to stay a musician and not quit as many people did since uh, covid started and and the whole music business turned upside down it's a really difficult time so you have to either put 100 110% in or even more if that makes sense <laughs> or find a side hustle or or go back to work as many people said it's a really really difficult time so I'm trying to focus on music as much as I can 
Doesn't a computer have to have a video card of some kind? It has an integrated video card. Okay, yeah. that's enough for me to open FL Studio and pretty much that's it. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, without it, I don't think you could have an image on your screen, right? I guess. To be honest with you, I don't really know how this stuff works. I I was looking into the idea of getting an actual like decent gaming PC. Not that I really have the money to do that, but at the end of the day, I would still only be playing old games, but using them on emulators and like oh, yeah. bumping the resolution up to 4K, so I'll play Goldeneye in 4K and GameCube games and stuff. <laughs> but then I'm thinking, well, you know, if I'm going to get a PlayStation anyways, I mean, that's obviously a lot cheaper than buying a gaming PC, and I don't know. All these all these really important decisions I have to make. Yeah, life's not easy. But, I mean, what you're doing is good, because honestly, like, one, my biggest problem is distraction, and I talk about it all the time, and what I've learned is I'm not powerful enough to stop I can't fight it. Like, I know myself. You know when you know yourself so well, you just know, like... Yeah, but that's true for most people. I I would say almost everyone. You have to be crazy or obsessed to not have distractions. I have them as well, and you know how I fight the distraction of video games is that not having a PC fast enough to play video games. Yeah. How I fight the distraction of getting hooked on series it's by not even starting to watch them yes no exactly like that's what i was going to say like what you're doing is essentially what needs to be done it's tricky to to admit that because i i know for myself the same with with anything like junk food my wife always has junk food around the house like snacks and stuff and if they're there if there's a box of cookies, I will eat the cookies. Yeah. Right? But I won't eat the cookies if they're not there. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same with everything. It's the same with video games. It's the same with whatever you can be addicted to. And so, yeah. you know, it's yeah. it's easier when you live alone to sort of deprive yourselves of, of things because you're not affecting other people. You know, where it's like, hey, if I don't want to have junk food in the cabinet, I just don't have to. But if there's like a family, because I have kids and, oh, yeah. and stuff. And so it's like, uh, you know, I can't say, hey, let's make these cupboards empty. <laughs> Fucking... Uh, so I don't eat all the chips or whatever. And yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I, I mean, in that case, I think the best solution is to make a decision as a family not to have junk food in the house. I, I don't say any, but just don't really have a lot of junk food and don't buy it often. I think many people are in the same situation. Like if one of the people in the house has a food allergy or, or can't eat certain kinds of food, maybe the others can make... Um, kind of a sacrifice and not buy those foods either. Yeah, you're right. I think the difference with when there's an allergy is it because it does create like a seriousness to the, oh, we can't have this or else this person gets sick. It's a, it's kind of trickier when it's just we can't have this because the other person is a snackaholic or whatever. Like, yeah, because like because my wife likes eating snacks and I don't want to say like, don't eat snacks. But if they're here, I got to eat them. Because, like, there's cookies and chips and, like, there's a certain order you can eat snacks to where you never have to stop, right? Because if you do, you eat a sweet thing and then you eat a salty thing. Yeah, and that's that's how they are designed. Yeah, and it's great. That, and that's you- how the foods that, like, fast food restaurants designed. You get one type of food, then you will crave another. There's a lot of thinking and and money and time went into creating these foods yeah. that are seriously addictive. Yeah, it's almost evil in a way. (laughs) No, it's absolutely evil. It's absolutely evil. These people are doing it for profit. They don't care about anything else. And they know that many people are addicted to this. And for some reason, it's still not really a topic today, but... It's a serious problem, especially for kids. Oh, but it tastes so good, man. Yeah, I know, I know, but uh, 
Most of them are really bad for you. Oh, yeah. And you know, while adults do understand that, okay, if I keep eating these, I will get fat and develop all these problems. Kids don't really understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially little kids. They, they understand that it's nice and a cheeseburger tastes better than broccoli, but they don't understand long-term effects of this. And how these fast food restaurants target kids, that, that's plain evil, I would say. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, look, we gotta... <laughs> We gotta listen to some more music. That's a terrible segue. But uh, anyway, look, uh, this is a track from. Uh, it's actually one of your newer singles. It's called "Damage," and uh, and we're gonna listen to that, and then we will uh, continue chatting. All right. So this is Laser Punk with "Damage" featuring Extra Terra.
And that was Damage, featuring Extra Terra by Laserpunk. And I'm here right now with Laserpunk talking about the uh, evil corporations making us addicted to uh, fast food and stuff like that. But you know, there's something that uh, that's way worse than trash food and video games or any other kind of addiction, and that is social media. Oh, for sure, dude. I just watched the sh- social dilemma. Have you seen that? No, but I'm I'm aware of the thesis. I mean, I Man, feel you should you should watch it. Oh, I get it. Like I I've pulled back because like the one thing I can say about myself is like even though I do have like certain addictions to things, I am aware of them. See, a lot of people I don't think are aware, but I know when I'm doing something that makes me feel bad. And social media just got to the point where I'm like, wait a second, what the fuck is going on? Like, I sign into this thing and I feel bad. You know, you just look at your news feed and if it's not people fighting with each other, it's people with fucking stupid opinions or it's people being assholes or complaining. And then after a while, I I just thought, like, I can't do this. Like, what's the point? It's just people complaining all the time. And you go out in the real world and, like, most ordinary people, like, they're not even as invested in this. Like, I think there's just a, there's a small percentage of people who are really invested with the shit that goes on online, and that's all you see. And then you have to kind of go outside and go, oh, right, most normal people are, like, living their lives. It's just this concentration of people with really extreme views, and it's harmful. Like, it actually, like, makes me feel depressed. And I bet you there's so many people who are suffering from some, like, low-key depression, and, like, all they have to do is just fucking get off Facebook and Twitter. And, like, literally, like, in a week, they will see their their attitudes improve. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. What what you just mentioned, these never ending online debates about anything what a lot of people don't know or realize is that the algorithm is kind of designed that way because they know that you don't really react to positive news or things that you agree with but if you see something that makes you angry you will react let's take for example some positive news somebody adopted a puppy or i don't know someone won a competition what's you gonna do maybe press like that's it or or type congrats good for you yeah but that's pretty much the maximum somebody says something outrageous that really makes you mad you're gonna comment you're gonna comment something equally outrageous and then other people will see that and they will comment on that the algorithm is designed that way yeah it really sucks you in I know. I just did a show with uh, Power Rob either last week or the week before, and I was saying my solution because what pisses me off is they defend the algorithm because it's what it's like what human nature like wants. Like they go, "Hey, man, the algorithm just gives people what they want." But since some of our base instincts, I don't think are great oh, yeah. as humans. Like if we always just went out and did exactly what we wanted to satisfy whatever sort of need we have, that wouldn't be a good situation. That's why civil society exists. So what bugs me is that people allow the algorithm to be this way and not fight against the worst parts of human nature. And so, like, if I was running Facebook and Twitter, I would force the algorithm to always shove art in people's faces. Even if you love reading politics and, like, every day you want to get your hit and get angry, you still have to see music first. Mm. Like, there, there's going to be four posts ahead of whatever you do that's music, art, movies, TV, whatever. Because once people get sucked into these places where they, they go... 
it filters everything out and so you see the exact same stuff and it channels you to the same videos and to the same uh, accounts and I think that if there was a buffer like an art buffer where it just promoted music and stuff ahead of all that I think it would improve the overall universe because like of course we're going to click on things that make us mad, but why give in to that instinct? Yeah. This is the way people are, so let's fight it. Because if there's junk food in your face all the time, you're going to eat it. But if before you eat junk food, there's someone who walks up in front of you every day and goes, hey, have this apple or have this orange, you might take that choice, or you might not, but you still might, and it's always good to have that option there. And I think that's that would be... That's my solution. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But also a lot of people who defend the algorithm don't realize it that real world doesn't work like that. So if if you have certain political opinions and agree with certain stuff, the algorithm will will always give you the articles or the posts that uh, are related to that, that either agree with what you say or strongly disagree. You know, it forces you to respond. But in the real world, it doesn't work like that. You, you can have a circle of friends who kind of agree with you or agree with you on a lot of things, but you go to a club or anything or any social setting, you will find a lot of people who have all kinds of various beliefs. So in real life, you can't really get into these echo chambers where everyone is repeating what you think, but the internet, you can. And that's really dangerous because you have a certain opinion and then after a while, you're going to see tons of articles that support your view and uh, you're gonna think that everybody's thinking like this so you know everyone agrees on this and then you see a person who disagree and you will think that person is crazy and yeah. you will attack <laughs> them because like man are you crazy if you join a lot of like flat earth clubs yeah you're gonna see a lot of comments and meet a lot of people who agree that the earth is flat and if you do that long enough all you're gonna see on facebook is gonna be articles saying that the earth is flat and then you know looking at all the articles all the articles supporting your point of view you can think that yeah that's really true what's frustrating is that the the algorithm becomes so clever now that it happens a little too quickly that's the thing that annoys me when i go on youtube for example like just because you know like they'll show you videos and they say like other people who watch these videos watch these kind of videos and it always happens so fast it's like i watch like one Joe Rogan podcast and then instantly my YouTube feed is just all like oh yeah right wing conservative like political videos and I'm just like why like I just watched him talk to a comedian like for some reason they keep on trying oh, to yeah. make this connection but I'm like I was just there to watch to have some laughs with some comedian so does YouTube think that Joe Rogan is right wing I mean he has all kinds of people uh, I mean yeah he has certain beliefs but he has all kinds of people on the show and he lets them talk so Joe Rogan might be right wing but I wouldn't say that the Joe Rogan podcast is a right-wing podcast because he invites all kinds of people from every areas of life. Yes, no, and like, and, and he says on the show that he isn't. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I don't think it matters because I think it's like if you indulge certain people to have as guests and then that sort of... But he's very clever that way because that's why it's the most popular show because he actually has guests of all those particular sides. Yeah, and he lets them speak. It's not like he tries to force his opinion on them. I, I watched quite a few podcasts of Joe Rogan, mostly not political. In many cases, you, you can see what Joe's opinion and he kind of tries to influence the person, but doesn't force his opinion on them. 
So it's uh, it's an open discussion. That's what I like about it. And that's what everyone loves about it, I think. And that shows that people are really open for open discussion. And they are open for uh, hearing various ideas. They don't need an algorithm feeding them their opinion over and over again. I think that's the problem with the algorithm in general is because it's like positioning people in sort of binary camps where it's like, oh, you like this, then you're going to like this. And meanwhile, it's just a lot more complicated than that. Like, I mean, I've got sort of a political opinion, but I mean, like, it's varied and like, I'm not like 100% in any on any position, like even positions I feel strongly about. I'm still sort of like... I'm not like a hundred percent. I'm like, you know, like I, I always recognize that there's weird examples where maybe that rule won't apply or there's certain situations where you might change your idea for that particular situation. Like the world is complicated. Yeah. And that's, that's a good way to look at it because, you know, any, anytime something can happen that, you know, shift things in a way that you're going to say, okay, I was strongly believing in this. I was strongly believing that this is right, but this happened. So now I see things in another way. And if you're able to say that, that's good. And that is why I believe that the earth is flat. Yes. (laughs) That should be the end of it. (laughs) I want to listen to another track, all right? So I want to listen to this song. All right. This is also from uh, the Covenant Deluxe Edition album. It's called Lockdown by Laserpunk.
And that was Laser Punk with the track Lockdown. And I am here with Laser Punk right now. Ahoy, sir. So what's the deal with um, the deluxe edition of Covenant? Yeah, so the story of the Covenant album was that I started writing the original Covenant EP in uh, March, I think, when uh, COVID or coronavirus thing got unleashed on the world. You know, at that time, we didn't really have a lot of information, but from what we got from the media was that it's going to be real bad. Mm -hmm. And it's really bad. You could see a lot of people getting infected, getting into hospitals, uh, hospitals being overrun, uh, people losing their jobs, people losing contact with their families, getting stuck in other countries. So a lot of really bad stuff happened. So that time I started thinking that how could I do something useful as a musician? Uh, if you are a doctor or working in that field. So I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like I, I can help with anything in this situation. So I started thinking, how could I do that? And my idea was that I'm not a doctor. I don't really have any useful skills that could be useful in this case, <laughs> but I'm quite good at making music so i would use that to kind of have the situation and i made an ep and donated the income to charity uh, originally i wanted to donate it to victims of the coronavirus but when the ep got ready it seemed like we couldn't use that money in a in a way that i wanted so in the end i donated the money to a children's hospital where they bought these special surgical loops it's like goggles they use to operate on the really tiny child hearts. And they've been waiting for that uh, device for a long, long time. So it was really useful and they are really thankful for it. So that's great. And I'm, I'm really thankful for everybody who supported this. The CP made over 1,400 euros and we could buy the glasses with that. So we actually made something useful and I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, man. Well, that's awesome. Makes you feel good when you can do... Uh when you can do something good. I'm in the sort of the same boat, but I, I'm just <laughs> I just make silly things because I think it can be a time where there's sort of, uh, I'll say like a lot of depression, but I mean, definitely it's it's hitting people hard. And of course, anytime they look on the internet, it's all just fucking negative shit. And so I've been, I've just been trying to make sure that like everything I do is like something positive, even if it's like that simple thing of just making some stupid or making silly videos or whatever. So like there's people who have like sort of a reprieve from all this shitty stuff that they're kind of seeing. And like we were saying before, it's like a lot of this stuff is just your perception. You know, I mean, obviously there's bad things happening, but there's definitely different ways to look at it. And if you go on the internet and you're on social media all the time, you're you're only going to see the extreme ways of looking at the situation. And obviously there's people who are doing great good right now and there's people who are you know actively helping or being useful or having valuable information or actually reporting news properly and not everybody is seeing that stuff oh yeah that's um, that's also very important so that's what got me thinking that whoa it would be great to be a doctor or or nurse or something like that right now because that's needed but then i i don't have those skills and a lot of people don't have those skills i think what you should do if you want a very hippie kind of way to say it but to make the world a better place is to look at your own skill set and your own options look at what you can do to you know make things a bit better and work with your own tools and skill sets if you are a doctor yeah be a doctor that's great if you're a comedian you can use your skills to make people you know to lift their spirits and make their day a bit better that's that's also very important because uh, sad depressed and unmotivated people cannot do anything but 
people who are in a good place mentally, I strongly believe that they can pretty much do anything. So people who get others in a better mood and they do it with any type of art or just speaking or or really anything. If you manage to get people into a better mood, you are doing a lot. And that's really important. Hey, when you were uh, a photographer, did you ever like take pictures of uh, hot Hungarian models? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, that's the industry. So, <laughs> sorry. I just, I just, I've been sitting on that question for about an hour. So I just. <laughs> <laughs> when I had Mega Hit on, we were talking about uh, the Hungarian models, and so I had to ask. That's it. I don't have any follow-up questions. I. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this was a strange change of topic. It came very quickly. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. <laughs> I was talking about making the world a better place, and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But did you make any photos of hot girls? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen, the, 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 that also brightens people's spirits. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you justified your weird question in a great way. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, listen, we can probably wind this down. Did you want to pick a song before we wrap up? Is there, like, a particular laser punk song you're, like particularly proud of that you want to uh, play? Huh. You're the Big Covenant. That's mm. uh, the one I'm pretty proud of right now, especially that we also have a music video for that, which was a long and very adventurous process to shoot, even though the video is quite simple. Yeah, I'm quite happy for that song. Yeah, but but we already played it, man. Oh, yeah. Just play it again. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious okay, to no, do no. It. Okay, yo, you know, guys, it's, it's enough. If We're not going to play the song again on the podcast. Just go on Spotify and play that just a thousand times. People should also go check out the, the music something, video. Something just came to my mind. Do you remember that time when uh, Justin Bieber told his fans to play his new song on a loop all day even when they sleep just go on Spotify start playing a song on loop and leave the phone going for a full night so he can get uh, on the billboards that's fucking crazy hey that's a good idea yeah that's a good idea actually we should be doing that in the Cincy <laughs> that Justin Bieber's on to something I mean it's kind of sounds cheating but you know especially now that we don't have any we don't really have any shows or concerts and if you guys want to support the artists you listen to yeah, just play their music a lot. I mean, it's technically more ethical if it's actual listeners as opposed to just having like a computer farm somewhere that's just oh yeah clicking on your music. So if it's real people doing it, I think that's okay. Yeah, it's it's still better. I'm big into scams. I've been <laughs> speaking of scams, dude. I just found this YouTube channel. It's like this Scottish guy who like fights against internet scammers. Have you ever seen this, <laughs> dude? This dude's amazing. Like, I mean, he gets like millions of views. So obviously, people know who this dude okay, is. What's the name? His name is Jim Browning. Okay, he's got two million subscribers. So I mean, he's fine. I, I haven't seen the guy yet, but. He's doing a great service. Oh, dude. I mean, I kind of thought that these internet scams are a thing of the past. But, you know, anytime you have to fix the computer of, like, an old relative, you realize that they are not. They are still here. Oh, man. And they are going hard. Yeah, this dude's videos are amazing because he, he like, hacks into their computers. Wow. And so he literally will be, like, he's talking to the guy on the phone and then he's like, 
oh yeah but you're scamming me and then he like shows a picture that he took from the guy's phone wow and he shows like the video footage he hacks into their cameras and so he's got the footage of like the the call center in delhi and like it's fucking awesome <laughs> like it's just is that, is that legal though well it's, it, they're doing it to him yeah I'm, i mean morally I'm, i'm not questioning it but how come the guy is not getting into trouble because of doing this well because he's a good guy i guess that's why okay that's great that's the thing <laughs> yeah it's like batman can kill the criminals If he's doing it, it's all right. I mean, I totally agree with it. Oh, it's awesome. He like he and he hacks into their phone, so like he hears them scamming like an old lady, and then right before they do the transaction, he calls the old lady and goes like, "Hey, hang up the phone right now." And then he like explains what was happening, and so they understand what's going that, on. That sounds like something out of an action movie. It's I awesome. really love that. It's awesome. I mean, like watching the video isn't quite as exciting as an action film because it's just a lot of like he he'll call the scammer. And just be like, so what were you doing? So explain the scam. And it's all very, he's very calm the way he talks and just tries to go through like in detail, like what the scam is and how they rip people off. And anyway, that's my new thing. I just started watching that the other well, day. Oh, that's really good. I'm definitely going to check that out. <laughs> anyway, look, you still have to pick a song to play. Okay. Um, then beat the Covenant Carbon Killer Remix. All right, man, let's fucking do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is another track from the uh, Covenant Deluxe Edition. This is Covenant, the Carbon Killer Remix.
And that was Covenant, the Carbon Killer remix of the Laser Punk song. And I have been chatting with Laser Punk, and we've been having a good time, but now we can sort of wind down. Is there something you wanted to talk about that we uh, didn't talk about? Every interview, at the end of every interview, they ask this question, and I always get surprised. This is a thing I never think about. <laughs> I think we talked about a lot of stuff. Not a lot about music, though, but... <laughs> These were very important things. I don't know if you've ever listened to Beyond Synth before, but that is uh, oh, yeah, that's how we do things here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. I, it's, at least it's quite organic. Mm. So it's not uh, really forced. And, and, you know, most of the like musical interviews, to be honest, is really boring. It's always like, what can we expect from the new record? And what's your genre? Oh, I, I hate to be put in boxes. <laughs> oh, man, I, I hate music interviews, to be honest. <laughs> Ah, it's funny because it's true. Yeah, man. What's your favorite DAW, man? What do you use? I use FS Studio, and the only reason is because I started with that, and I stuck with that. What's your favorite plug-in, man? I'm not telling you. Oh! If I told you, I had to kill you. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, it's actually Harmore and Harmless. I pretty much only use those two. Yeah, you know, I was fooling with that one the other day. I mean, I don't really make music, but I do occasionally fiddle around on uh, on FL Studio. You know, man, just try Dan CJ. Well, there we go. <laughs> I'm going to look it up now. I love the idea of them throwing a fucking disc in a box of cereal. I think that's hilarious. It's, it's amazing. So I, I used to, like, pirate everything. But now that I, you know, limit myself to a few plugins, I can buy stuff. Because, you know, buying a hundred plugins or VSTs uh, or effects would be ridiculously a lot of money. But if you end up using two VSTs, you can buy those. Yeah, I guess that's a good way of looking at it. Because also, too, it's like, it's the same thing with the junk food and the internet and all that. It's like when you have too much choice, you might not end up doing anything. Oh, yeah. So you have to limit yourself to flat earth videos. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, man, listen, it was uh, it was nice to chat with you and to get to know you. Keep on making cool music. So you just you mentioned there was a Covenant music video. Where can people go check that out? Uh, it's on the new Retrowaves YouTube channel. But if you just type in Laserpunk Covenant, it will pop up. I think even if you just type in Laserpunk on YouTube, that's going to be the first thing that pops up. Okay, cool. And then people can go to, of course, uh, uh, Laserpunk uh, Bandcamp laserpunk.bandcamp.com, right? Yes, exactly. That's where I have all my music and everything is free to download. I have t-shirts, CDs, vinyls, tapes, and a lot of merch. I'm gonna have a lot more very soon. And I have some great music there. I mean, it depends on what you like. <laughs> I hope you're not gonna frisbee out my music on the window. Well, I mean, technically to do that, they would have to buy it. So, it's still a sale. Yeah, it's still a sale. So, to, to throw that disc out the window, we still got to order it. So, that's that's an important thing. That, that's why I'm printing CDs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I suggest to buy vinyl because that flies a lot better. I don't know. I feel like if I th when you throw vinyls, won't they just fucking smash if they, like, hit something? They'd smash quicker than a disc, I, I think. think. I think they would. But, you know, it's the one-time spectacle. That's true. And I guess we'll only find out if we try. Yeah. So everyone should go buy both a vinyl and a CD from Laserpunk so that they can smash them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Look, you have a lovely Hungarian day and uh, keep on making cool tunes. Man, thanks for inviting me on the show. It was great. And looking forward to come back one day.
All right, and that was my conversation with Laser Punk. That was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you haven't been. I hope. Blah, I hope you have been enjoying Dark Synth Month. Uh, there's a few more episodes to go that are probably going to lead right into Christmas and then New Year's, and then I guess yeah. So this is going to be a real busy month because on top of trying to. Uh, make all these episodes of the podcast and produce a fucking television show with puppets, I also have to start planning next season of the show. Although, I will say this. Having done these uh, Dark Synth-themed shows, it has sort of inspired me for what I'm going to do next season with Beyond Synth. Let's just say I like the idea of themed shows. All right? So I'm playing around with that right now in my head, thinking, you know, maybe that would be cool like way to structure next season. Nothing official yet. These are just ideas. I like to say ideas out loud. And I also like to say goodbye. So I hope you guys have a lovely week. Uh, Keep being cool. Stay safe. And I will talk to you next time on Beyond Synth, the best synth wave chat. Oh, no, sorry. The best dark synth. No. Dark. (laughs) Okay, I fucked it up. See ya. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can donate directly on beyondsynth.com. Beyond Synth can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And remember to like and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time...